Did you know that because we've had so many listeners, we have a sponsor? What? Yes. We were notified that everything's going to be okay because we are sponsored by hydroxychloroquine. Wait, why is that good? Because it worked all those years ago for whatever it was used for. And it worked like real good, dude. Dude, I hate to break it to you, but no, it didn't. And it doesn't work here either. This is it's not good. No, no, no. You're wrong. Studies have shown that if you just say it and repeat it several times, louder, often, with each repeated time, it can be believed. And it can even be considered true up until anyone fact checks it, that is, I guess. So it doesn't work or it does work. Uh, Who cares? Just use it. Just use it. That's all that matters. And we're good for now because that's what they told us. We are. We're good. Oh, sweet, man. I was super worried about this virus crap. It's nice to know that, you know, because you said it works, I'm just going to take your word for it and assume that it totally works. And you know what? It works. It works. It works. It works. And, and now we're told you should actually drink Lysol too. Look into that. Disinfectant knocks it out in a minute. We should all look into doing disinfectant. I guess it just kills it, right? Makes sense. You put it on your hands, you put it on surfaces. Why not put it inside you? Oh, man. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. We are so happy to be back for a third episode of the CRU Claws and Raws Unplugged. Obviously, we're coming out swinging, and we will be each episode moving forward, basically because we can. Uh, my name is Joe Clossy, and I'm the co-host of the show. With me, as always, is my co-host, Nikon Razi. What up, dude? Not much. Let's switch gears for a second. Let, let's talk about Beyond Meats. And this whole vegan processed food line. Let's just go straight into it. Um, we need to reflect on this, man, because um, we're taking the processed side of what we don't agree with eating. And making and, it what drives vegan, eating vegan foods. Correct. Like, yeah. Yeah. But, but it keeps me a I vegan. I know so vegan. many people. It keeps me a vegan. Really? Right? I, I have substitutes even made of wheat gluten. So where will this end? I mean, are Beyond Meats and Impossible Burgers, are they healthy alternatives? I've heard so many people saying that they're better than processed and real meats. I'm curious about that. I mean, I, I would think absolutely. Uh, right away, I would think absolutely that there's some sodium content that, that comes with the processed um, that actually is, is where we can look at it and reflect upon it a little bit negatively. But we need to reflect as to what all of us going vegan could mean to being sustainable okay. in this world. You know, okay. we really need to reflect on that. Yeah, but like uh, bacon, I like bacon. And you know what? There, there's actually like over on a wild population of animals. They're, they're taking over. Like in Texas, there's so many wild boars that they're shooting them from helicopters. So it's uh, pretty good, I think. You know, I think processed animal farms are what we got to worry about. But I mean, come on, bacon, it's good. It's good for you. All right, so what if, all the animal farms were turned into plant farms. And George Orwell would have to write a new book called Plant Farm. Absolutely, right? <clears throat> would the CO2 fight against warming trends play in our factor to where we could reverse this global warming, right? Maybe a worldwide vegan response might match the global slowness of carbon emissions and we need to reflect on the permanent impact that they may have for the good of this planet. That, that, that could be a good point. But you know, I actually hear that if you give cows seaweed, 
their gas, their fart, won't really hurt the ozone layer. So boom, done, problem solved. Problem solved, problem solved. Um, so are we going into tea with Middleton or what would you like to do? We got so much going on this week. We got so much going on this week. Um, While we try to bring him up, are you reaching out to him? I'm going to try to. I thought we were going to do, yeah, I'll I'll reach out to him. But let's do some liquid ice. Tea with Middleton is brought to you by liquid ice. Um, Liquid ice, because nothing is harder to walk out of a store with in little inconveniently shaped square plastic containers than ice cube trays filled to the brim with yet-to-be-frozen liquids. I'm assuming this is just water, though, right? Just cold water? Liquid ice. You can have a cold beverage without having cubes small, uh, your uh, cubes so small your lips or clog your straw. <laughs> I forgot to text. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so you're calling cold water liquid ice and selling it? Yes, I am. Yes, that's right. I am. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, the uh, the bookkeeper, the the uh, the agent manager, myself, uh, forgot to text the Zoom link to our fellow guests. So apologies for this inconvenience. Um, but without further ado, I give to you, Mr. John Middleton. Hey, Mr. Middleton. Good morning. How are you? Hello, everyone. Hello. How are you doing, Nikon? I'm doing good. I'm doing very well. I like the background. What? What is that? The in the Tour de France? Is that somewhere over there or no? This is somewhere over there. Yeah, that's. uh, (laughs) That's how I speak. It's somewhere over there. I don't know. The the Arc de Triomphe, uh, the Champs Elysees, the the end of the tour, the official end of the tour. the ceremonial end of the tour, um, the greatest sporting event in the history of sports. Mr. Middleton, let me ask you this question. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Who taught Nikon geography? I played the fifth. Nikon, do you really not know what's in his background picture? I knew it was the Tour de France. I just, I know the specifics. I know the logistics. I didn't know the, I mean, you knew seeing that, that building and that sky that that was exactly like what the, the, the area he just said. I mean, I mean, Nikon, it's the, it's the most, it's like one of the most famous landmarks of Paris. Yeah. I would say like what, John, like the third. Yeah. The, there's Behind the, the Notre Tower, Dame and the Eiffel Tower. Notre Dame and, and the Arc de Triomphe. Mm. Um, but you know what's really cool is normally that is a very busy street okay that is made as you can see in this photo made of cobblestones um but last last spring break i had the opportunity to to visit paris and i took my rental bike which is a really heavy chunky beach cruiser and um because nobody like in my family that was watching to stop me um, I took my beach cruiser and I got out <laughs> in the middle of traffic and rode the finishing loop of the Tour de France and went full bike nerd, um, dodging taxi cabs left and right. Um, but I was on a mission to relive the uh, the end of the Tour de France. Um, 
regardless of if it's a like a quasi highway or not. And, w- and with the beach cruiser, you're talking about the spikes with those big, fat, heavy tires, right? Yes. Yeah. It's it was a oh. rental bike, so it, it like you're thinking a like Ventura style beach cruiser. Mm-hmm. You need to think like bike share rental design. It's so heavy that you can't steal it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mr. Middleton, we, we have a really great question for you, and I'm, I'm very happy to have you be the one trying to answer this. Okay. Um, does eating processed vegan food make you a real vegan? And, 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 and is this notion of, of those Beyond Meats and all those, 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 those companies that are making like those lookalikes of meats yeah. and like yeah. lookalike chicken, are, are they healthy? Are they a good alternative? What's your thoughts on that? Coming from someone who does take his diet very seriously, and in my opinion, has a very great uh, education and knowledge uh, in, in this idea of diet and eating. I, I appreciate those questions, Nikon. I think they're two different questions. Yeah. Um, let's, let's do the, I don't know. Let's do the first one. Let's do first. that. Let's break it down. Because okay. I, I, I think that one's going to be the more interesting answer than okay. the second one. Okay. Yes, yes, they're vegan, Nikon. The definition of, of vegan is there's no animal products in it, no honey, um, no dairy, um, no animal parts have been put into um, the Beyond Meat um, patty. So if it's made of peas, peas are a plant, technically they are vegan. Um, I think the, the controversy behind a product like that is, is usually the good old-fashioned Fox News bait and switch. Right, mm-hmm. we're going to point out what um, uh, someone's perceived fault, while completely disregarding the faults of others. Um, just like I, I can remember, a few years ago, there was a controversy about how um, Priuses are bad. Nobody should drive Priuses. Everybody no. needs to drive a monster truck because um, Priuses batteries, what are, are not necessarily the best for the environment, while completely disregarding the. Uh, the toxic fumes that uh, regular cars, combustion engines, pump That's into hilarious. the atmosphere. Um, so I, I, while I'm not going to buy stock in Beyond Meat anytime soon, I, um, I do want to point out that they're a very healthy alternative to meat. We're not comparing the Beyond Beef sausage to... Um, a you know a bowl of of good quinoa with kale and an avocado and maybe some shredded beets on the side that's that's not an apples to apples comparison um what we're doing is we're comparing the beyond beef patty to um ground up cow which is a horrific for the environment and b horrific for your body um, so yes, beyond beef, alternative meats are, are healthy than regular meats. They're sustainable, um, in terms of, of food production. We're talking about food for 7 billion people on this planet. As I did teach you geography, Nikon, you know, that in the next decade or so, there will be 10 billion people on this planet. Um, just do the math on that. I did not teach you math, but if you if you channel <laughs> back to Mr. McGuire's math class, you'd know that um, in order to feed 10 billion people, not everybody can be eating cow. Yeah. Um, 
where you know we're slowly destroying or we're very quickly destroying the Amazon simply so people can can continue their hamburger habits. That's pretty pretty I don't know depressing when you think about it. So anybody who wants to critique uh, Beyond Meats, um, ask them why they are critiquing it. Are they critiquing it because they don't want to point out the flaws and other things? Um, or are they critiquing it on a, on a nutritional level? So now I say I'm not going to be buying stock in them anytime soon. And that's simply because it's, it's, I, I eat them sparingly. They're not, it's not part of my diet. I, we, we had a conversation uh, about a year yeah. or so ago, Nikon, about yeah. my, my vegan diet is a, a whole foods, plant-based diet. I know where my veggies yeah. are coming from. Um, I, they, when I eat dinner, it looks like nutrient-dense foods. Um, they're, they're not hyper-processed. Um, yeah, I know you know the line because it, it goes back to probably your freshman year about how technically yep. French fries are vegan if, if you use vegetable um, oil to fry them instead of some sort of, of animal-based oil right. to fry your French fries. Um, so whether they're nutrient-dense or not, whether they're full of beautiful micronutrients that will fuel your body um, and take you to, to infinity and beyond, um, that's another discussion. Um, for me, I, I found that the Beyond Meats are, are a little um, heavy in salt. Um, I, that doesn't, that's not entirely good for my body. Um, I've found that the, they are better for me than other processed um, fake meats, like the old school from the 1990s Morningstar sausages that are essentially wheat uh -huh. casings. Um, there's some some other cheaper versions of like tofurkeys that are also heavily um, grain-based fake meats. Um, my favorite, if you want to call it a fake meat, is tempeh. Tempeh is also the most versatile in uh, the kitchen. And that's just simply good old-fashioned fermented soybeans um, with some rice and other grains. I think the perspective that we had with regards to any sort of possible negative perspective on the Beyond Meats substitute revolved mm -hmm. around the sodium. Yeah. Um, but we, we were talking before you got on mm -hmm. with regards to what if all of the farms became plant-based farms and the yeah. impact that that would have on the world in this fight against global warming. Who knows what the impact would have if any, but maybe just with regards to everybody being healthier because of what they're eating on a daily basis, which I mean is immense, right? And, and would resound, John. I think also it's important to bring up that if you invested $1,000 in the Beyond Meats company in November of 2019, you would have $4,500 yeah. as of February 1st, 2020. So um, since then, they've partnered with Subway, KFC, Del Taco, Dunkin' Breads, um, yeah. Burger King, right? You can go and get them. Yeah, you can get the Impossible Patties pretty much anywhere. You can get Beyond Meats anywhere. Yeah. You can find them in all the stores now. I mean, it's um, like I had said as well, <clears throat> and I, I would be lying if I said otherwise. I mean, we have um, the, the Beyond Sausages for a mm -hmm. pasta that I make that I feel like should be mm -hmm. served at a restaurant. I love the Beyond Sausages. You know, we can make the, the burgers 
with um, cheese substitutes, plant-based cheese alternatives, mm-hmm. um, or we just make the cheese ourselves where you, you, I would rival it against anybody eating a regular burger. And I've had people here from New York and gave them that same challenge and they were big burger eaters on the East Coast with this preconceived bias notion completely. And with yeah. halfway through the burger, they were like, all right, where do we get these in New York? So um, I'm glad we got to kind of talk a little bit about this here. I know that, you know, Nikon is right. You're, you're always at the forefront of um, what's proper and, and just with regards to vegan um, plant-based, whole food plant-based eating. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's nice to hear that your perspective is enlightening and also along the same lines of what we've been talking about as well. So, um, that definitely makes us feel really good. Yeah, no problem. Um, you know, I, it's, I, I was thinking of, a. there's an old vegan joke that I like, um, Nikon, this is probably before your time. Um, but there's an old Simpson Simpsons episode where Lisa Simpson, um, it has become a vegan and she's hanging out with this like edgy high school vegan friend that she, she kind of likes. Um, and they get into a debate about who's vegan enough. And uh, the edgy high school guy that she likes has a, a compost pile in his pocket. <laughs> right. And Lisa, who is like the perfect, perfect stereotypical person felt really bad because she didn't have a compost pile in her pocket. So she was not vegan enough. Um, that's not an argument people should be having. Yeah. It's what are you putting into your body? How does it make you feel? How does it make our planet feel? And when you, when you check off those boxes, I think you'll find that um, something like a Beyond Beef sausage, if, if that gets you thinking more plant-based, then I am all for it. Sign me up. I have seen what meat can do um, to to people. Uh, I've seen what a, a heavy meat-based diet can do to people. Um, you know, my grandfather, uh, of three of my four grandparents died of, of either heart disease or cancer. And yeah. that is so much a, a product of the culture that they grew up in. Um, we had roasts on Sunday with, with boiled potatoes and boiled um, vegetables to the point where you've stripped it all of its nutrients. Um, They also grew up in like cancer hotbeds of the 50s. So that's another discussion. But they did not eat real food. They didn't know how to eat real food though too. I'm not critiquing them. Um, I I have taken that experience and I've charted a different path for myself and I feel Mm -hmm. happy and I try to spread that to other people. I think, you know, I'm talking, I'm 36 years old and I am as healthy as I could ever be. Um, I would concur. Definitely. You're, you're in amazing shape. I think, um, to, to kind of conclude with, with tea with Middleton today, um, which is water today because which is is water. Yes, it is. It is real hot today. Um, the, the plant based alternative that I had or meat meat alternative that I, I had last weekend was seitan, which mm. was a, made of like a wheat gluten. Yeah. And my gosh, um, when you eat too much of it, you feel like you might as well have had a steak or something. Cause I paid for it. The inflammation was like immediate and lasted for 
a good couple of days, but it was so delicious. Um, it was a, a mushroom chicken that wasn't chicken, and you would have thought it looked, smelled, tasted exactly like it was so awesome. Um, I mean, it took my wife like all day to make it, but it was still, you know, a special occasion, and it was it was really good. I am a living example, I think, of somebody who was on a, a like a meat diet, yeah. kind of, you know, like I just yeah. ate whatever. Yeah. Um, those you were great. You were great. Yes. I, I do blame a lot of it on the students. The students would constantly come up to me and say, Mr. Clausey, let's go to Wendy's. And I would go. I would go because I wanted to feed the kids. I didn't want them to be hungry mm-hmm. students. Mm-hmm. And so we drove those kids. That's awesome. to Wendy's constantly. And if they're listening, <laughs> they're probably laughing because it was really just me saying, hey, man, you, you guys want to go to Wendy's next period? And um, it was so close. How yeah. could we not? But now that I believe it was like a 48 hour window, right, John, where yeah. I, I had nothing but a plant based diet. And instantly I was like, oh, my gosh, this is yeah. bizarre. Yeah. Um, so well, placebo is one hell of a drug. So we should definitely get into a diet discussion. I'd like to be you know, coming as the one uh, non vegan guy. I would love to, to try to debate about some of these, these facts and look into it because I heard so many things about this. This is a topic for another day. Yeah. But, um, I've heard yeah. a lot of so much stuff from either side. Uh, but I, I, I do think that something that people didn't realize was, and now I think it is like totally concrete with proof. And there's a documentary on Netflix called Game Changers that was like mm-hmm. super popular. Uh, and mm-hmm. it was like insane. And even someone like Joe Rogan, a total meathead was like realize and acknowledge that you can be healthy and even more healthy going on a plant-based diet, not even for discussion. And I think they even said it was cheaper because Rogan kept making the arguments of how, if you get, you know, like really high quality meat, it's okay. It won't cause cancer. But the problem is that real high quality meat, other than the fact of all the dangers and damages us to the world, it's also super expensive. Whereas with I think going vegan, you know, if you go with like peanut butter or something that's that's healthy, you can get a healthier source of protein uh, without paying that much. Yeah. And you're, you're also also things you talked about, Mr. Middleton, about heart disease and cancer. That's for some, it's always tied to meat. So. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 Game Changers, and I, I know you guys have to run. Um, game Changers. Actually, is, you uh, have to run. I do. I do. Wait, yeah. No, no, it's all right. I'm, I'm not exactly in, in a hurry to, <laughs> to go to this next meeting. Plus, I got I, um, Nancy and Monica are in it as well. So I'll hear about the, the introductions <laughs> that take 30 minutes later. Um, the, the film Game Changers, I highly recommend. It's proof um, for, for those who need to visually see it right? That, that crew that if they don't see it, they don't believe it. Um, the, but the film that did it for me years ago was Forks Over Knives. And they talk about the China study and the idea that in the, uh, the, the prior generation of, of um, uh, Chinese um, citizens who grew up in a time where they did not have access to meat all the time, they were on a whole pre- very healthy and the rates of cancer were disproportionately low. Now that China has risen in prosperity, meat diet has become the the standard and that's and that's what it was for my grandfather because my great grandparents were super poor and once they had the opportunity to feed my grandfather meat it was you got to have meat for the starving boy growing up so having meat was a sign of of that they had made it in this country um but where i'm going with that long rant is the rates of cancer and heart disease in china are increasing um as china's prosperity has grown and people are eating more meat it's the same in this country and in the Western world in general. You look at the rates of obesity, 
they are first world countries and it is a meat-based diet it's not that we have so much money we're just going to eat no it's what are you eating um right so yeah plant-based power look up rich roll if you do anything to oh, that, I, I have seen Rich Roll actually. I listened to some of his podcasts. Yes, Rich Roll is. Uh, I read a book years ago called Finding Ultra, um, and you want to talk about the world's fittest man? It is Rich Roll. He is. He is pretty insanely in shape. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for coming on, Mister Middleton. I I just gotta say, there he is. Than, wow. I don't know why that's not coming on, but there he is, Finding yep. Ultra. Mm-hmm. You just got to say that, that the hair this time is uh, is a cleaner mohawk than I believe than last time. I Whatever it is, this, uh, this time I think you really committed to the mohawk a little bit more. I think before it was a little bit of a mohawk and I wasn't sure if it was there, but this time no yeah. one can say anything. You own it. This is, this is yeah. official. This is oh, official. And it looks great. It looks awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I am looking forward to uh, the time that I can go to the hair salon again, but um, on that, if if I could just give out a public service announcement, announcement brought to you by the unofficial representative of the Pierpont Community Council, beaches in Ventura are closed this weekend. Contrary ah. to popular opinion, all beaches are closed. There is no right. parking. No one is allowed in my neighborhood. If they show up in my neighborhood, I'm going to be very, very angry and invite them to leave. The Pierpont is closed this weekend. Beaches in Ventura are closed. Stay home. It is yes. nice outside. Enjoy your backyards. Enjoy your porches. Enjoy your garages for those who live in Camarillo. Um, stay <laughs> out. We will. Stay out of the Pierpont. Please. There Thank you have it, folks. That message has been brought to you by the Pierpont Community Council. The Pierpont Community Council. I am also a member yeah. Of the council, um, inactive currently, but um, I can. I thought it was Pier Point. No, Pont. Pier Pont. Pier Pont. Pier Pont? It's not so high level, though. It's very. Uh, and and technically, it's, it's like the Ohio State University. It is the Pier Pont. Right. The Pier Pont. The Bronx. <laughs> uh, all right, John. I'll catch up with you later on. Sounds good. See you, dude. Thank you, John. Bye, Mr. Middleton. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye-bye. All right. Awesome. Mr. Mid Mr. Clausey, Mr. Middleton. Mr. Middleton. <laughs> Start calling you Mr. Middleton. I mean, I can't tell you guys apart anymore because you guys are both like in I'll great shape. Talk I'll about this, this plant-based diet all the time. Um, I can't argue with it <laughs> as much as I want to. But bacon, folks, try it sometime. I'm kidding. Uh, so insensitive. But let's get into the elephant of the room, Mr. Clausey. Let's discuss this massive elephant that is just, it's so big, how can he not? I mean, all right. So we, we know that um, our elephant in the room usually revolves around the news, right? And so yeah. let's highlight some big ones to start out. I know okay. that Netflix, Hulu, and Apple TV, and Amazon Prime are like taking over the world with Disney Plus slowly. Yeah. Yep. So, I'm, I mean, they're, 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 Making all of the movies they've produced, all of the the shows that we're all able to watch, minus some cable, I guess. But 
I mean, they're, they're, they're now the new giants, right? They're now, they're still releasing things too, that they made before. It's almost like, you know, they have so much stuff in the back burner. They're like, Oh, Hey, check this out. out. This, this film's coming out. Yeah. Put it out. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you, you'd wonder, should you cancel cable? I, I, I honestly think so. I think we're getting to that point because a lot of the, the cable networks right now, you know, they can't even go out. They don't have an audience. I mean, SNL's doing a great job. Some of them are doing, doing great jobs. You can also see them on, on YouTube. I mean, I know YouTube even has its own cable that it's trying to offer. I, I really do think that the, the cable company, everything's going to change because it's yeah. like, I don't know. The ads you have to go through, all this stuff you have to go through. You don't have that with Netflix. You don't have the Hulu. It's like, why? Why do cable? Yeah. Um, another elephant in the room, I got to tell you, dude, the WHO, the, the one world together at home concert this past weekend on mm. April the 18th, last Saturday, um, that for me, I have to say, I don't know if you watched it, but for me, it doesn't get any better than Celine Dion. <laughs> you know, I, I was really amazed by it because all the networks that joined together donated to the who. You know, which the timing of, of that donation exceeded like $150 million. And it came immediately after the Trump administration slashed the WHO funding. So, you know, everyone's like, oh, we're, you know, and, and didn't you say Lady Gaga was, was the one who put it all on? It was yeah. all her. She was, you know, she wanted to donate to the World Health Organization. She was the, the um, person behind the curtain, um, mm-hmm. you know she i mean you need somebody of that status in order to pull off what she did um let's go back to celine dion in concert for my dollar nobody does better did you see her how do you think she sounded i guess this is the time where i come clean i have not i have not seen the concert but i did my research on it and i looked into it it's funny, my, my whole family and I sat on the couch. We were so emotional. It was a roller coaster of emotions from beginning to end. My family was calling me and texting me in the background. It was so gnarly. Um, very different. It's different households, you know, to do different things. Oh, that's awesome. Um, let's get into a new segment called Let's Digress, uh, which I think we were kind of touching on. Uh, you know, I'm I'm thinking the songs, the song selection was amazing, even though I didn't see it. I think Lady Gaga did what she needed to do, and she held her own even until the end, or so I'm told that she did. She did. I mean, you know, um, let me let me ask you, John Legend, um, John Legend, Sam Smith, they were impressive. The production overall was impressive. Uh, you know the. Yeah, and and there's a bit of a. I mean, we had the, the 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 two Jimmys. We had the two Jimmys there, and Stephen Colbert, who I'm told did a great job, and they're ex- like examples of like what we want to do, at least what I want to do. Um, I mean, they're just insanely good. They uh, they they were Nikon. What what I think was really impressive was the fact that. Um, you know, they're rivals. They, uh, the three of them, Jim, Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, and Stephen Colbert, of course, have the three late shows in the evenings. They consume everybody's attention 
at night, thankfully, because a lot of the times the messages that they're sending out, I think are healthy for us to laugh at um, and to try to make jokes of because what else would we do, right? It's, it's driving us all insane. And so they're constantly day after day, week after week going, going against each other in the ratings, et cetera, competing for who is going to be the most entertaining and the most funny. Um, and so to have the three of them come together, like all of the networks, right? So all of the networks came together, CBS, ABC, NBC, um, those guys representing each of those. And then you, it was broadcast live on YouTube live. It was put on Facebook. It was streamed on Instagram. All of the major platforms put it out there. And so, you know, I'm going to ask you, which one do you think would been your favorite? I, I definitely feel like Stephen Colbert is always just spot on with everything he says. His timing is impeccable. Um, I, I, I do, I do like Colbert. That is the one person that I nonstop will watch. I will see his online shows like posted. And I actually started this tradition when I went to college where I would go to like a McDonald's and I'd sit inside of it and I'd take my phone out and there'd be people with, with, with Trump supporter hats on everything. I put it on speaker in the corner of McDonald's after I was, as I was eating, I would listen to his, um, just the, what's the word where you break it down? Like the a monologue. summary? His okay, monologue, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love right his monologues on YouTube and everything else. And what's more interesting about him for me is the little bit of darkness that he had because he's such a happy guy. You wouldn't have known that, like, the reason why his ears is a certain way is because he had this, like, infection as a kid and he actually is hard of hearing in one of his ears. And his passion was to become a marine biologist, but because of this problem, he couldn't. So he pursued comedy or the fact that he lost his, his, his brothers and his father in an airplane accident to his amazing story that he told on air about how he met his wife at some small convention and thought she would never talk to him and, and, and like randomly went to her and just everything is just so interesting. And it's so, he's just so real. You don't yeah. feel like it's a, there's no fakeness there. That's what I love about seeing it. It's a person. You know, I'll tell you um, a, a quick Jimmy Fallon story and then we'll, we'll, we'll jump over to our next guest. Um, okay. I had gone, my wife and I were fortunate enough to get some tickets to Saturday Night Live um, back when we were living in New York City, and we had gotten the tickets that sat us like down on the floor. And so um, we had awesome seats. We were put in this little area where you had to wait before you were brought out. And Jimmy Fallon, who was on Saturday Night Live at the time, was standing in the hallway like they all were. They were all just like kind of standing around. And so it was like awe-inspiring and a little overwhelming to see all these um, cast members that I watch week after week. And there, so there's Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon was born grew up in Saugerties, New York, which is where um, my brother-in-law is from, right? My sister and my brother-in-law live there. And so, you know, I had just basically said to him, because he was like on the other side of the hall, he's like five feet away. I was like, hey, Jimmy, you know, I love your stuff. You're awesome. <laughs> you know, uh, my, my brother-in-law and sister live in Saugerties. Um, you know, he said, say hello, you're doing great. And he was like, oh my gosh, Saugerties, so much different down here, you know? Um, and he was really cool. He was like, just, you know, but but he also had some remarks to make that made it sound like, you know, he was overworked and he was like, you tell them, you know, they got the better end of the deal. I'm working my butt off over here. <laughs> no, it was really cool. It was just down to earth guy. And then like 30 seconds later, we were put out on our, th our floor and then he was in the cold open and it was like, awesome. He just gets right into character and it was so wow impressive to see, but you know, so Stephen Colbert, um, Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, bringing it, keeping it on a level that I think was necessary to act as exemplars for us in this field. Um, I couldn't thank them and Lady Gaga and all the, the the presenters and performers enough. That was 
$150 million to raise for the WHO at a time like now is absolutely necessary. So let's get into a word from our sponsor quick, which is bringing to you this next um, and, and amazing interview a good old fashioned compass because soon the virtual learning achievement gap will catch up to us and only four directions, north, south, east, and west will be all we can understand anymore. Picture books, you know, because soon the virtual learning achievement gap will catch up to us and we'll only be able to look at pictures and read and understand because reading of itself with words will be non-existent. And scratch and sniff poison ivy learning books because soon the virtual learning achievement gap will catch up to us and we'll think this is a good way to remember all of our facts. And now we're going to go to what are you doing and we have Isaac, Isaac Vandor on. Thank you, Isaac. Thanks for coming on. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, thank you very much. It's a a pleasure to, to see both of you and be here. Isaac. How are you, dude? Where are you? <laughs> uh, I'm very good, actually. Uh, I am in Woods Hole, Massachusetts, uh, right on the, the elbow of Cape Cod. Uh, and I'm, I'm working and living here now. And you are currently mapping the ocean floor, is that correct? <laughs> uh, I write code to help robots map the ocean floor for the most part. They also do that's other things. That's insane. Yeah, that's Wait, hold on. What? I love how I love how like like you're just like yeah. I don't do it. I just do all the codes that make the robots do it. Like that's I'm like what? That's insane, dude. That's awesome. So Isaac, quick question for you: Which do you prefer, East Coast or West Coast? Loaded question. That is such a loaded question. Don't forget about your boys in Malibu. Don't forget about the water polo team. Without being too political about it. each has their strengths and minuses. West Coast has more strengths than the East Coast, but the East Coast is where I have a paying job. So I, I can't really definitively say one or the other. Awesome. I mean, the Pacific yeah. will definitely need some mapping, I'm certain, very soon. So there's another oh, yeah. ocean over here. Um, just planting that seed. Uh, I have been to Cape Cod a number of times. I absolutely love the Cape. That is probably... Mm-hmm one of the best parts of the Northeast completely. Um, I agree with you. I will ask you again in November, December. We'll see yeah. how that goes, right? Yeah. Usually, usually helps to, to plan trips to uh, tropical locations in November, the, December. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> how is your family? They're good. Yeah. Um, my folks live out here now. They're, uh, they're about 30 minutes away, also on the Cape. Uh, my sister's in New York now. Uh, my brother's in Hawaii. So that tells you about uh, priorities wow. there. Wow. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Interesting. And so your folks packed up. They had traveled around, I know, quite a bit and landed mm-hmm. out on the East Coast. But I also know that you've done quite a bit of traveling since you left Ace Charter. Where has been like that one place that when you're having a bad day, you're like, man, I just need to go back there mentally. Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, so interestingly, I mean, I, I was I went to college in Boston, so I was here for four years. Um, I've done some traveling during then, and then obviously through work, I do a lot of travel now. Interestingly, the coast of Oregon, uh, <laughs> we actually had a we had a trip 
uh, leaving off the Oregon coast and then coming back like a couple weeks after I started work and just something about, it reminded me a lot of Ventura, Malibu, like sort of that coastline mm. area that, that, you know, we all called home at one point, um, just less people, less traffic, a bit more, a bit more the way things used to be. Interesting. I would have like never another place. Dude, you lived on a boat for months, didn't you? In the middle of like somewhere in New Zealand or something. Hold on. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Lived on a boat. And Oregon's still the answer. How about that? Yeah. Something about the way the forest just like cuts off in a cliff to the ocean mm. really got to me. Yeah. Isaac, so I have to ask you, and I rarely get this chance to follow up like this. I definitely gave you some advice um, during at the end of your senior presentation that revolved around you maintaining balance in your life. Mm. We all knew you would go uh, continue and, and go out there and be um, academic and, and, you know, just bury your head in your studies and the career and your future. But what have you been doing to balance that was good advice. Uh, I'm not going to say I listen to all your advice, yeah. um, but I, I certainly tried to listen to that one. And I think, I think it's the little things, um, to be honest. It's just like saying, hey, I'm feeling frustrated. I'm going to get up. I'm going to go for a walk. I actually do that a lot more now that I'm stuck at home, which mm -hmm. is a weird thing to say. Um, like technically we're under a, a stay at home order and I've just been going outside <laughs> for walks much more frequently than I used to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Making a cup of coffee can become almost a, a ritualistic activity uh, if you're in the right headspace for it. Awesome. You can That's tell how man. serious you are about, about working, though. When, when Mr. Clausey says balance, you're like, yeah, my balance is walking and taking a little bit of a break <laughs> now and again. Like, that just lets you know that like, you're somebody, when you do it, you do it. Um, yeah, but you can't discredit the joy of a really good cup of coffee. You know, you can, you can grind the beans, you can French press it, you can really sit there and, and have the aroma fill the room. I'm there every single morning. Sometimes it gets me out of bed. I agree with you there. That's nice. That's nice. It's very nice. Have you been able to travel around the Northeast at all and see anything, go any like cool places, upstate New York, Connecticut, Maine, Vermont? Ooh. Uh, I haven't actually been able to do as much traveling up towards like Maine, Vermont as I would want. Um, I usually, if I have time, I end up going down to uh, to New York to visit family, or um, I have a girlfriend down in Virginia now, so I go down there. And it's really, I mean, super pretty down there. Very different than sort of the California climate. Yeah. Um, but a, a very interesting, you know, Shenandoah National Park, um, sort of the, the nature on that side of things. I will definitely. Uh, uh, make an attempt to entice you to visit the state of Vermont. Mm -hmm. um, I have found peace in Vermont that I don't remember feeling anywhere else in the Northeast with the exception of like the Lake George area in upstate New York. Um, it's, it's first of all, at a time like now, it's very underpopulated. The state revolves around a connection between the people and and the land that they live on and so there's just such an inorganic 
way of living that is so appreciative and just the, the nature in Vermont is round the clock year round. It's just amazing. The winters, they have amazing skiing, et cetera. Um, but the summers and the fall in Vermont are just, you know, if I, if, if things clear up and you're like, gosh, I got some time on my hands and we want to do some traveling instead of going South, you want to go North. Dude, Vermont, you don't even need to pick an area. Just go. Really? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's definitely a part of me that says like, oh, you know, I write code for a living. I could pretty much be anywhere with a laptop and an internet connection. Why wouldn't I be in a cafe in Vermont? That's true. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> and so you guys are frequenting New York City as well? Yeah. Yeah. Going down to New York to see, uh, see my sister and her new husband as much as possible. Oh, awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Isaac, yeah. it was so nice to catch up with you. I, I know you're busy and, and this, this means the world to us and the listeners to just touch base and see how you're doing and find out um, where in the world is Isaac Bandor. And, and I just yeah, gotta say, you did, you did not disappoint, but real quick, uh, I, I said this when I was talking to you back and forth on, on Instagram, like anytime I'm like, what do I do? How do I figure this out? I, I legit always be like, what Isaac Bandor do? Because, you know, being like a sophomore, seeing this, seeing you come in, you were just, you were confident, you were nice, you know, you would, you would do what needed to be done, but you kind of like to fight the odds because when you think about somebody who gets work done, you might think of someone who's like super like one way or, or can't, like, you were just like this normal chill dude who could be chill, talk to people, but then work his butt off and put in the work where it needed to be done. And that really like opened my eyes to like, dude, cool is the ability to get your work done and be that kind of like a like, like mindset. It's not nerdy to do that. It's actually cooler to be the guy who knows everything and can walk into a class and understand how to figure stuff out. And you're really humble. That's something I really like, like about you, man. Always. Uh, it's really nice to see you again. So I just got to say that. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully someday we can still play Halo Portable again. <laughs> Isaac, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, we'd love to hear from you again. We'll reach out. We'll, we'll stay in touch. Tell your family I said hello. Um, be safe over there and, and continue to look for that balance, my man. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's nice talking to you guys. I look forward to the next, next couple episodes. Thanks. Thank dude. We'll see thank you, you for listening. Bye. Take care. Yeah, bye. So Whoa. awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Let's take a second. Yeah. What better time to go into this next mm -hmm. segment than now? Really? I mean, it is. Right. This segment is called you need to reflect, man. Um, mm -hmm. I want to reflect on this and it is not in our script. So I just want to say this quick. You were also the valedictorian. Okay. So we just had two valedictorians yes, on there. I, I was, I was. <laughs> I'm calling all valedictorians back. Let's get them on the show and do a round table and talk about academics. I think that that would be awesome. Anyway, um, so now for a segment called you need to reflect. So schools giving pass fail instead of letter grades. Um, that's a reflection of how crappy the superintendents, um, have run their, their districts at this time. And there are many of the reasons that play a factor in there, such as size demographics, budgets, on and on and on and on it goes. Size, I'll say that one just over and over. 
Um, but this pass or fail thing, which is, I just had a, a meeting this morning with parents where ACE is doing actual grades. We're, we're doing grades. We're not, we're not going to do pass or fail. We need to reflect right. on that, man. We need to reflect on that. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Cause when you, when you, when we first talked about this idea of pass or fail, uh, like for me, I, I was on the fence about it because you know, I, for me at Moorpark college, it, it's optional. Like some teachers are, are offering it and, and they're, they're making it optional and like, it doesn't hurt you if you want to go into a UC. And I kind of like thought, well, it kind of makes sense, right? Some people might have a really hard time with the virus. Um, but then, you know, you know, looking at it more and more, I don't know where I'm at with it. I think, I think it's like, you can't really say it's great and you can't really say it's bad. I think for the very few, it might be a good thing in college, possibly if they're really messed over. But like, what do you, like you brought this point up to me, what are you paying for? if you're going to do pass or fail, what about the schools that are making it mandatory to go to pass or fail and somebody who doesn't want to go into that, right? That's yeah. not fair. That doesn't work out great. And it doesn't yeah. look that great. Actually, it doesn't make you that competitive. I think, I don't think it does. I think it's this, this fancy way of them trying to say, Hey, look, we're trying to be nice to you, but I don't think it works. Yeah. You're hitting all the hot buttons that I would want somebody to try to think about with regards to this um, mm -hmm. pass or fail. Cause like, wouldn't you just go for the 65, right? Let's reflect on that. Um, especially if you're in high school, right? Like, why would you put this in a, in a high school? And especially like Ace Charter High School. Because the thing with Ace Charter High School is that, yes, it's hard. And yes, there, you still have to do work. But there's certain opportunities that you get where if you really do put in the work, the teachers aren't going to knock you and give you an F and say, no, because it's not that way. No, no they, they want you to succeed. That's what I loved about Ace. It wasn't about like your traditional style of teaching. It was like this style of teaching where it's about, I want you to try I'm not yeah. going to knock you down for trying. At least give me something, right? Yeah. And then we'll grade it from there. Yeah. How can you adequately say that schools are preparing students for their futures with a pass or fail, right? Wouldn't mm -hmm. students then have an excuse in the workforce when their boss asks, like, they'd be ready for the big presentation? They can say, well, sort of. I mean, I'm like mainly, partly, like more than halfly ready, boss. I mean, schools need to reflect, yeah. right? Schools yeah. need to reflect. I Colleges. mean, we are in a really... Yeah, colleges. What 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 are colleges doing here? Um, are yeah. they going to admit students who pass all their courses their senior year? Mm -hmm. Right. What sense does that make? Is Harvard going to accept everyone this year? Colleges right. really do need to reflect and definitely yeah. weigh in. And I heard that that UCs aren't accepting it, but some you know CSUs are accepting it. But it's like, uh, how is it? How is this going to go off? And I think another thing that's interesting. Uh, is that, you know, like we, it, we're getting more and more mediocre, I feel like, like, like as a society, things are getting more and more easy. So we're getting more and more chilled out about it. Yeah. And I look at the younger generation and most of us are great, but some of us are like, well, I just want to do the bare minimum. Why do I have to try? Right. So the whole, I can just get a pass that, 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 what does that lead to? Right. It starts out like this. Does it get worse? You know, who yeah. questions it? Cause we always got to question, be skeptical, I think. Um, let's reflect on the liberate the state movement for a second. So you can't stay home for any longer than a month, right? Simply because right. someone is telling you to, mm. um, now someone desperate for votes is going to offer you an extreme alternative route to protest, regardless of the implications of reconnecting the chains that social distancing broke to keep us safe and to flatten that curve and fight against the worst virus we've ever seen in our lifetimes, right? Um, let's reflect on what's happening here. So there's well, a couple of points I want to make. Okay. 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 Um, 
the law of diminishing marginal utilities, I always incorporate when logically breaking down a situation or concept when looking for an explanation. And here's what I mean, right? Let me reflect. This concept, an economic concept, states the more you have of something, the less you're going to want of it. However, the less you have, the more you'll want. It's simple supply and demand. People have been inside for so long that they want to be outside now. Their businesses are shut, their jobs lost. People want to go back to what was because they have no way of earning income because maybe they didn't get the small business loan in the first round. As I know, most small businesses did not. Um, we have, however, another round now coming out for the same amount. Um, and if all of us not so small businesses got their fix, um, you know, maybe real small businesses can apply for the money that's left over uh, and find a way to hang on and keep safety at the forefront. How about the Bill Gruskin um, tweet? Uh, solving the stay home problem with regards to people who are unemployed and can't pay for their mortgages. He said to take the three months of mortgage payments right now and tack them to the back end of the loan. So banks definitely still get their money because we're paying for it. Nonetheless, we're just not paying for it right now. And people can relax a little bit when being told to stay home right. um, because their biggest bill is no longer concerned. Right. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they won't be driving trucks over healthcare workers in protest to have their voice heard. I don't know. Let's reflect. Right. Um, yeah. We need leadership plans, uh, 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 leadership to put out plans to help us all instead of leadership fueling people to revolt against the governors whom are just trying to keep us from dying. Really, mm -hmm. upon reflection, um, is the president's plan for reelection now obvious? Right. Reflect on this summary in short. Don't give a plan. Hang the governors out to dry. Blame them. And be the voice of the people again because you're fighting for them. Instead of a re-election plan that like being one that lets, let's lead the country into health and safety, right. which would surely have gotten him reelected, dude. I mean, it really would. And I think that if he, if he were to do that, 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 that would just make it. But the problem is that he has a lot of high paying, expensive friends and a lot of things that he wants to do to benefit himself for profit even right now. Um, if you want to look at the hydroxychloroquine, we find out that he was in bed with them. They were doing money. This is not a conspiracy. You know, it's come out now through testing that it doesn't help you, but, but he was in bed with them and doing it. That's why Trump was, 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 was advocating for this drug. And, yeah. and even right now, like the biggest people who got bailouts wasn't small businesses. It was those big companies. Last week on the show, we talked about the numbers, about how like those, those big businesses were getting like the million dollars, you know, the, the, the top whatever percent, you know, he's just been yeah. taking care of the high ups. The thing is, is that if you want to get reelected, well, why not just help us basic people, your real voters, you know, why not do that? I don't, I don't get I don't it, know. dude. I don't get it. And I got to tell you, you know, the whole like liberate the state, go back to work, let's open back up without some sort of plan is like so fictitious to even think of. Um, and what's happening now, that domino effect is leading to stories like this one that I heard this week of, of a firsthand yeah. story of a construction company in New York, upstate New York, where employees were going into the office, right? And a 30 year old wow. employee went home sick on a Friday, started to vomit, developed a fever. That weekend dealt with vomiting, fever, um, really sick, called into work that Monday, um, said that he just couldn't go into work. 
on Tuesday, he sent a message to a friend of his saying, you know, like everything is still going on here. I don't know what to do. And the friend's message was go to the ER. So this dude goes into the ER on Tuesday. Nobody hears anything back from him until Wednesday when I guess what ended up happening was he goes into the ER. They do these scans, determine that his lungs are filled with vomit and fluid and wow. did it they medically induced coma put him on a ventilator and now he's on a, a ventilator um because his lungs were filled with all that crap it's a day later now two days later now you know basically what's being said is go back to work but there's no like okay do i wear gloves do i wear a mask like what am i supposed to do people need to know specifics man and here's what frustrates me like gavin newsom uh who i think is doing a decent job compared to everywhere else I'm looking at. Um, he, he wants there to be like a six step program. Right. And the thing that I don't understand is people are getting upset at the idea of, and I can understand, right. Because what we need to do is we need to have, we need the ability to track. If you have the virus, we need to know where you went. So tracking does make sense. But then you got people on the other side of the coin saying, well, that's their excuse to control us. And they want us to stay home because they're trying to do communism. That's what they're saying with the liberate the state movement. You know, people are just upset and they're making up things because conspiracies are a lot easier to do than looking at the hard, cold facts. Yeah. And yeah. the other thing is we need testing, man. We really need testing so we can be able to get people back in the workforce. I mean, personally speaking, my father's a dentist and he can't go back to work. He, you know, he's putting a drill in people's mouths that creates aerosol. It, it's a dangerous environment. He needs tests and we need testing to be a legit thing. We need tracking to be a real thing. And we need people to not think that we're under some communist control and then Nancy Pelosi is sitting on all the cash and this is all made up. The COVID-19 is totally made up so it could stop Trump from being reelected. This is the type of news that the alt-right, the, the insane that I, in my opinion, are been spreading around. And these are the arguments I've been hearing around sometimes. It makes me just go insane. I mean, people's voices should be heard. Right. Um, so Trump, Trump went and gave rights to the governors of each state but then turned right around and launched this massive protest against what they're saying, that chaos theory, you know? Yeah, he said everyone should stay home. And then exactly a couple of days later, he's saying, hey, we should actually go back. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Why do you think he's doing this chaos theory? What is this chaos theory, Mr. Kazi? I mean, it revolves around fear. It's, it's mm. to instill fear upon the people, right? Create chaos prior to so people look for leadership and then right. you give them a massive redirect um, it's giving people's voices that are clearly not being heard right now, which is what I'm seeing, um, a larger voice because we're all exposed uh, um, to what's going on around us. But we're all supposed to be playing our part to keep each other safe too, dude. So let alone those in the healthcare positions that are exposed on those front lines, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, people's signs are stating that they'd rather have COVID-19 than stay inside and have their business closed. So yeah. let's reflect on that as a final point here. Yeah. Let, let, let it be the case that they get it and they go to the hospital only yeah. to be seen by who? Right. The healthcare worker who was almost run over by the protester, right? So who is, who, who is overworked and underprotected completely, putting themselves and the lives of those that they are sort of coexisting with in their family because they're they're like living in tree houses and garages and campers. They're putting their families at risk because of the exposure that they're, they're dealing with throughout the course of the day with the people who are sick. 
And so like, when does the cycle end there? So we're upset at the people that are taking care of us? And here's the thing, people have a right to be upset, people who are at home, those small businesses are getting hurt economically. But the problem is, is that what the administration's doing is it's completely just using this, they're they're telling people one thing, they want states to take control of it, but states don't have the funding to do it. This is the federal government's ability that, that, that needs to be taken control of, right? The federal government's the one with all the money. The whole point is the federal government comes in and should be helping the governors in the states. But then, you know, the, the, the administration and Trump would say, well, you know what, well, we want to give power to each state because they better know how to control it. And then the, his you know, followers would say, well, that's perfect because we don't want a strong government, but you're missing the point. You're upset because you're getting hurt economically because they're not giving you the money. And then you're turning around and lashing out thinking that this is all a made up conspiracy theory, right? And, and, and like you said, who's going to take care of you when, when you are sick, when you do get COVID-19, when you hurt everybody? And, and I want to even go back to Mr. Middleton's point. For everyone in Ventura County, it's hot. But guess where I'm not going? I'm not going to go to the Ventura Pier Point, point whatever was to the point, the, whatever. I'm not going to the beaches. I'm not going out. I'm staying home. And now I'm sounding funny, but the thing is, we really do kind of stay home. It's the truth, man. And, and you know, when you reflect on that cycle, that the people are upset because they're not being helped and they're being told to stay home and still pay bills with what money we don't know, with bills that could totally be rearranged, people that are out there are coming up with solutions. And I wish those are the voices that were heard, not just the complaints, not the revolts, not the people who are driven with fictitious outcomes and beliefs. Um, you know, when you reflect on that cycle, does it make sense to stop and stay inside now? You know, like where, why, why won't we be able to really truly listen, address the problems that we have and come up with plausible solutions? Um, so everyone's safety is at the forefront of all the decisions that are being made. I don't know, dude, people need to reflect. People need to, to understand. I, I know I consumed a lot of the end there, Nikon. Um, I'm sorry for that. I just no, wanted to really no. just get that, that news out and have people stop and think, you know, if you have a loved one in your family, which I do, who is in the healthcare field and they're out there and they're working and they're exposing themselves to helping us fight this fight that we're in. I mean, what part are people playing when they're protesting in the streets? That's, that's like, I don't know, counterproductive. Yeah. No, it really anyway. is. It really anyway. Is. Let's, let's, let's end with that. Let's just yeah, end with that. I think so too, dude. This is the Claws and Raws Unplugged show where we are bringing you weekly tea or water in this case with Mr. Milton. Uh, we are trying to get some more interviews of Ace alum Ace staff, Ace parents. We got some right. people on the burner for the future we episodes. We do. And on Monday, we will be airing a, a, a special interview with Andrew Ohl, uh, who, who, for those of you that don't know, he is in the Marine Corps right now. He's an architect over there. and He's got an interesting story to tell. Yeah. Uh, I also want to say real quickly, happy Ramadan to uh, everyone who is taking part in, in that, uh, even in this insane <laughs> time of pandemic. But hey, I mean... I think in times like these, it's where, uh, it's where you really feel closest to Absolutely. whatever you, you, pre- you preach and practice. Absolutely. Absolutely. So like you said, this has been the Claus and Ross Unplugged. We're out. See you guys.